When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into our Celtics playoff show. That's right, guys. We made it. We're in. We did it, guys. You guys pumped up or what? Let's go. Playoff basketball is back in Boston. You smell that sway? No, what's that? What's it smell like? It smells like springtime. What else? Smells like with a hint of what? Playoff basketball back again in Boston? At the Garden? What? After two years? After two-year absence? Who would have predicted that? Joel didn't predict that. After after we traded Ray John Rondo, you, you didn't predict that. Come on. Don't act like you did. No, I mean, you're right. I didn't. Yeah, that's right. I didn't. That's right. I didn't. I was I was done with Danny H. And, I mean. I bet you don't miss Rondo now. I still do, actually. You still miss Ray I John? Still miss John? I still miss Ray John. Really? I still can picture him on this team, like, the way it's constructed right now. But that's just me. Really? On this yeah. team? Yeah. 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 This is how you want to start this show, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Rondo I mean, talk. You, you, playoff show. You huh? brought it up, man. You brought it up. I'm All right. Well, tell you how I feel. We're going to put that Rondo's talk aside, maybe for another day. But today in this show... We're going to be previewing, of course, the Celtics and Cavs matchup is going to go down this weekend. And, of course, who's going to be the X Factor for the Seas? How many games will the Seas win? And, of course, who the hell is going to guard LeBron James? We'll talk, we'll talk that. We'll talk about that, I should say, with, of course, uh, Joel and calling in from his uh, work cubicle all the way in uh, Framingham is uh, Mr. Sean Ducha. What's up, Ducha? You pumped up for playoff basketball or what, man? I don't, I don't, I don't hear the enthusiasm. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Last night's game, I was kind of, you know, thinking, all right, maybe it'd be the, you know, in the best, in the best uh, interest that they didn't win the game if they dropped to go up against Atlanta because Indiana did what they had to do. They beat the Wizards last night in double overtime, which, by the way, was probably one of the most boring overtime games I've seen in a while. But they actually did what they had to do, and uh, if they were to win tonight, and if we would have lost tonight and yesterday, we'd be seeing the Atlanta Hawks. However, that's not. That's not the way this team's made up. I mean, let's be honest. We've been seeing this team uh, a, a new identity ever since the training deadline, ever since Isaiah Thomas was, was brought on board. And uh, that's just they, this team doesn't give up. I mean, look at that last minute last night. Look at how many times that they could have given up on that play. I mean, you got Evan Turner, who kept the ball alive, got the rebound, fought for it, you know, fought for the possession, found Tyler Zeller, which should have been an N1 in my opinion, but he converted that layup. You know, you had the, um, the, the Raptors – coming back on the other end, doing what they had to do to keep the game alive. Wow. And then Jay Crowder, 
behind a double screen comes up with a huge basket, man. A huge fadeaway in the corner. Man, after that, you can't be upset that the Celtics won that game last night. There's no way in hell you can because they fought their asses off the same way they've been doing it for the last two months, man. This team is just, man, I'm, this, this is a special team. Regardless of what happens next year or two years from now, or if we're talking about a, a championship contender, you know, three years from now with the Celtics team, you can't say that we're going to look back on this season and, and not smile to ourselves and, and think about how fun it was to watch these guys play. Yeah, man, no, I, I'm definitely on board with that. I was watching that game, I was like, Obviously, I said, Ty, you know, there were times where you said, Well, if we're talking about momentum, what team in the Eastern Conference has more momentum than the Celtics right now? I mean, they, they beat the, the hottest teams the hottest teams in the NBA after the All-Star break or ever since, you know, late, uh, or I should say beginning of February. Right, February 1st have been the Cavs and the Celtics. But who just knocked off the Cavs two times in back-to-back, you know, home, home and away games? The Celtics, right? So wouldn't the Celtics be the hottest team in the league? Well, the Celtics technically have the most wins in the Eastern right. Conference. You know, they have one more win than the, than the Cavs do. I don't think... I don't think anyone's going into this. I mean, not not. I'm just saying, as like fan wise, are thinking that they're going to knock off Cleveland. But hell, the way they've been playing, five straight wins. They have them. They have um, good momentum. Um, you, I think they're they're going to go and try to win against Milwaukee because it's some unfinished business there. You know, the last two games they were winnable and they let them slip, let it slip through their fingers. So I think they would. The Celtics would like to have hit that 40 win mark going into the postseason. Because Cleveland, they rested all their starters. I mean, not all their starters. Well, mainly four, their starters. Four, four of five, their starters. Right? Yeah, four yeah. or five of their starters on Sunday because they're pretty sure they were going to meet the Celtics in the in the postseason. So then, why give them like, uh, like a like a preview of of right. what's to come mm-hmm. and 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 have them all confident? Have the Celtics all extra confident playing against a team that the majority of the players. Have not been to the postseason, so it's going to be an interesting postseason. Uh, the you know they, the Celtics extend their season for at least a few more weeks. Excuse me, <clears throat> and I think that it's not going to be a, 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 just a foreign, foreign done kind of kind of series. It's going to be a hot fought series, and the Celtics are going to are going to put their all into this into this postseason, and that's good for the city because you know the Bruins didn't make the playoffs, so there's there's postseason. Action going on into TD Garden once again, mm-hmm. and you know after the, the the shitty winter that the city had and New England in general, it's good for the nice weather to come and to enjoy postseason basketball in Boston once again. Yes, absolutely, definitely, especially this week where uh, the, you know the, you got the Red Sox opening things up at Fenway Park with a great ceremony, a great game. You know, blew out blew out the Nationals, and uh, you know had of course the, the pregame ceremony with with Tom Brady coming out there, and, and yeah, Pedro Martinez in the house. Man, it's just been a great. Uh, great time to be in Boston right now this past week. All right, well, Dutra, let me ask you this question, though. Going up against the, uh, the, the, the Cavs, what's, who, who, who do we need the most out of on the Celtics team? You know, who's the one guy that we need to really step it up? I'm not talking about someone who's been doing it this last couple of months. I'm talking about, like, who do you think needs to up their, you know, step their game up big time for the Celtics to, to take a game or two against, against the Cavs? Like, like an X-Factor? An X-Factor, correct, like Joel just said. Yeah, um, 
like you said, your players who have been producing consistently, Turner, Thomas, Bradley, they need to be on their in-game, period, to have a chance. But I think they need to start looking at, I think, two players I'm looking at right now. Tyler Zeller, who can have a, he can have an advantage against Moskov, I think, and the Celtics will try to exploit that, because Moskov can't move his feet mm-hmm. like Zeller can move mm-hmm. his feet. So I'm looking for a big, uh, a big series from Zeller, and we see he can put up 20, 25 points and look like the best player on the floor. So um, I'm, I'm expecting a big series from him. My second-tier player that would need to step his game up with Celtics to, you know, keep this competitive is Brandon Bass. Not only on the offensive end, we've seen his, he's got playoff experience in a Celtics uniform with, uh, a, you know, other, him and Avery Bradley, I think are the only two on the team that have, that have experienced playing for the Celtics in the playoffs. And, I mean, if you're looking at it, if you remember back when uh, he was playing with KC and Paul Pierce, when Pierce needed a break, Brandon Bass beat up on LeBron in a few, a few of those games. Mm-hmm. Got experience of defending playoff LeBron as well. So uh, those two players, I think, outside of our, you know, uh, core, are the two players I'm looking to have step up to, to have the Celtics have some success. Joel, who's your X Factor? Shit, I think I'm going to have to go with Tyler Zeller, actually, um, because there's someone that he, fl- he flies underneath the radar pretty well, and he happens to be at the right place at the right time when the Celtics need him the most, especially late, late in games. And uh, Dutra brought up uh, Brandon Bass, and he's, a, he's another one that knows how to play against uh, LeBron. I'm about to say Cleveland, but, you know, something I'm going to have to dealt, deal with Cleveland the last few years. But LeBron in general, you can, you can throw Bass against LeBron for a little bit, and, you know, you won't have to worry about too many, too many uh, possessions where LeBron's going to take advantage. Yeah, I agree. I think the post game is, is the most important for the Celtics, not only defensively, but I think rebounding. I think the Celtics can actually have a chance to out-rebound the Cavs because of what, what Dutra just mentioned about Moskov. I mean, he is, he's a good guy who could finish around the hoop, but he's not necessarily like someone I would call a big-time rebounder, you know? They don't have Verjao right now. They don't have uh, Ogalskis. You know, these are these other guys that, that used to grab the majority of their rebounds. While the Celtics, on the other, while the Celtics on the other hand, we have we have Jared Sellinger back, and I think his presence is going to be huge for us for the Celtics, excuse me, not necessarily for the for his uh, scoring ability because that would help that would help the Celtics too. But I think his rebound ability is what the Celtics need the most out of uh, out of Jerry Salinger, you know. And, and he's had a couple games to get back into the flow of things. He had a few games, to, you know, get things going again. So if you can get you know ten, eleven rebounds for Sully, that's huge for the Celtics in this series. I forget Salinger's back sometimes. Like we've gotten right. so often out of there, you know. We've gotten yeah, so used to it. Yeah, he's been playing. The- Easing his way back in. I'm sure they're gonna take the leash off him for the playoffs and just say go. And as long as he's not jacking up three, I think you know what? I overlooked that. I think that's a good one. But I mean, he's definitely gonna be an X factor, especially because you know, think about it. He's gonna be he's gonna be stepping out on Kevin Love too. You know, we we're waiting to see how he's gonna perform in the playoffs, but um, he's gonna have a big he's gonna have a big responsibility to try to neutralize Kevin Love. On the glass too, because even though Kevin Love has been made mainly a stretch four, we forget he's one of the best pure rebounders in the league. Even though the numbers may not show it this year so much, but he can rebound the ball. And Sojo has to try to uh, try to keep pace with that, as well as Bass and as well as uh, my main man Jay Crowder as well. 
Okay, so you mentioned um, Bass guarding uh, LeBron James, which is which I, I overlooked that because he does have experience doing that in the postseason. But um, you know, besides him, who else do you see uh, taking turns with 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 LeBron? Do you see? Because uh, let's be honest, I mean, James Posey's not walking through that door. Paul Pierce isn't walking through that door. You know what I mean? Tony Allen's not going to be helping us. I, I think we've got, I, I personally, I am 100% confident in Jay Crowder's ability to guard LeBron to the best of, you know, you're not going to stop LeBron James, right? You're not going to stop him in the playoffs. He's going to get his point. But key possession. You want someone on him? I, I mean, you saw Paul Pierce. Pierce do this for years. I mean, LeBron put up great numbers against the Celtics, but there were those key moments where Pierce would just have, just him being on him all game, just wears him down. And I think Crowder can do that. And uh, I'm looking for a huge playoff series with Jay Crowder on the defensive end because I'm sure that Brad Stevens is looking at this and saying, that's your job. I don't care. You don't have to give us a point. On offense, you stay with LeBron James the entire time, and see. And, and I think, personally, on on the team, I don't think anyone else has a chance. If Brandon Bass is, is there to just come out, but uh, Jay Crowder's got to be the guy you rely on to slow down LeBron James. Well, yeah, you know that, that's a good point. I mean. Like most teams, you have that primary guy who's going to be guarding LeBron, which I think is going to be Jay Crowder. So I agree with you on that, Dutra. But like when when it comes to you know guys switching off, and you want to you know you want to give LeBron different guys. You want to give him you know Crowder. You want to give him Evan Turner. You know it's kind of like when Doc Rivers used to we used to take turns with with uh, with um, Tony Allen, Paul Pierce, you know James Posey in way. And then you know as, as the years went on, it was. Pierce. It was, you know, like you said, Brandon Bass who did a good job. So I think this season will probably be Jay Crowder, Brandon Bass, Evan Turner. But you also, but you always had that primary guy, which I think Bradley. is going to be Jay Crowder. Yeah, and even Avery Bradley. Yeah, I mean, when when you have LeBron, who's going to be mainly playing the small forward spot now. He's not the four like he has been the last few years. Kevin Love is another. I mean, not another problem, but another guy that you got to worry about in the in the low post. Even though he's 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 uh, been shooting a lot of, a lot of perimeter shots as of late, but he's someone that can average a double double on any given night, and then that's where where Jaron Sollinger has to step it up, and and if he and, and if Jaron Sollinger is gives you any points or any, or just just any offense, that's a, that's a bonus. I think mm-hmm. I think Jaron Sollinger, uh, what we what the Celtics need out of him the most. Is his defense? His defense and his rebounding. And his yeah. rebounding. Yeah. That's what they need the most. Absolutely. You know, hitting the glass hard and and manhandling anybody down low and boxing people out. That's pretty much what he what he's been doing all always. But if you can get some offense out of him, that's a bonus. And if we're looking at the backcourt, I mean, Kyrie Irving's going to do what he does. You know, he's going to do his best. But I'm not necessarily concerned because we have the luxury of having a a, a good defensive backcourt between you know between Avery Bradley and between Marcus Smart. And between Isaiah Thomas, I mean, those three guards right there are going to be, you know, doing the best they can defensively and, and getting stops against, you know, whoever whoever it is in the backcourt that isn't named Kyrie Irving. Well, you can't let Kyrie go off. You can't let him, you know, start going seven or eight or nine for ten from the three-point line. You right. Because he can do that at any time. Right, which I don't think he's going to be able to against guys like Marcus Smart and, and uh and, and Avery Bradley, just those two alone are going to do the. You know, they're going to maybe limit him to about twenty something points. If, if and if that's the case, that's a that's a good night. If Kyrie scores twenty points or averages somewhere near twenty points, nineteen twenty points in this series, 
that's not a terrible job for the Celtics. But if you bring him under 20, then you've done a great job against Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving, I think, is, is weird to say, but he's overlooked as, like, you know, uh, he can take over any game, any of these games. He could be the guy who's going to put up 40 points. And yeah. I think, you know, it's easy to overlook him with LeBron James and Kevin Love. And, you know, but, you know, you're right. I think that it is imperative that Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart are going to, they have to try to shut down, shut down Kyrie Irving from the perimeter. Because that's, like you said, Joel, that's where he heats up. And then if he starts draining those threes, then he's gonna he, he's gonna have to he's unstoppable really once he starts going from three point range. So, but one stat I want to bring up is Celtics as a team are the sixth best team in the league defending the three point shot this year. So I mean that's huge. They can play good perimeter defense, which you know Cleveland likes to take those three pointers, especially in the you know. LeBron James offense, where you get those shooters and you stick them on the three-point line, I mean, uh, it's going to be it's something that the Celtics actually match up pretty well against is limiting those uh, perimeter shots. So it, that'll be something to watch as well. But you know what? One other thing I want to bring up, too, is we forget, like, J.R. Smith, I was just going to say that. Yep, yep, yep. He can, he's an he's a instant offense, you know? He'll suck for four games, and then game five will come out and Four or five three pointers. So um, definitely a scary team, but I think the Celtics can offset that with their defensive backcourt. Yeah, J.R. Smith. I think it's fair to say he he could he's there. He's the Cleveland's version of of Isaiah Thomas, just not as good, right? right? Yeah, he, he because he, he's more limited yeah. to just shooting three pointers. That's true. Yeah, but he's the he's a big reason why they won a bunch of games ever since the trading deadline. I mean, he's had a lot to yeah. do with with you know. Turning, turning things up offensively because he's just been dialed in. He's even you know gone on record to say that he's more focused in Cleveland than he was in New York because of the lack of distractions and the lack of the New York you know nightlife. He's been able to you know really get going for the Cavs and he's actually had a great relationship with LeBron and uh, and Kyrie ever since he's ever since he's uh, come to Cleveland. So yeah, he, he's a player you have to you have to worry about out there. But um, he's not someone that, that you have to worry about going inside and and doing things you know driving to the hoop. If you can stop him from or if you can limit him from, from knocking down three-pointers, then you, you've pretty much done your job, which, yeah. is, which is what the Celtics are pretty good at. You know, that's a that's an interesting stat, Ducha. I didn't, I didn't know that they were ranked that high when it comes to defending yeah. the three. They yeah, that's big. They guard, too, because I remember at the beginning of the season, that was a problem for them. But they have, you know, I think, you know, they're holding opponents, I think it's like 31% uh, on the year, which is pretty good, especially in today's NBA when, you know, teams are jacking up more three-pointers than ever, so... Um, that, that'll be interesting to watch, but J.R. Smith does scare me, but uh, it's more of the fact that he needs to play for new contract, so mm. I'm actually, I, I, trust, trust me, I'll take J.R. Smith jacket up three any day compared to Kyrie Irving jacket up three. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie's more, more of the, uh, if you were to ask me what, who scares you or who, you know, can, you think can, can take over the series, it, it's Kyrie Irving. I mean, LeBron's going to do what LeBron's going to do, but remember, LeBron is the one that's running this offense. It's not Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving benefits. Mm-hmm. He benefits from what LeBron is able to, to do in terms of finding him open. Either, either it's him cutting, to the, cutting into the lane or him being wide open with a three-point shot. So Kyrie Irving, he, he's, be, he's become, or he's been, um, he's not, maybe not the focal point all the time of the offense, but LeBron James is able to incorporate him at the right at the right times. 
How many games did the Celtics win in this series? How many games can, can they knock off Cavs in, in this uh, seven-game series? Um, all right. What do you want, a realistic answer or, or what? <laughs> realistic. Based on based on what you've been uh, seeing. You don't have to be like, you know. You gotta, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, okay, here, here's what I think. This is my prediction for the series. I think that the Celtics are going to shock a lot of people with the way that they play in this series on a national stage. Now, I don't know how many games that is going to say, how many games they'll win, but I will tell you, and, and I know this for a fact, is that every game will be a grind, and it will be, uh, you know, it will be competitive, because these Celtics didn't work all year to get blown out by LeBron and the Cavs. And I think there's some pride on the line here, not only for the players, but for Brad Stevens to say, you know, I'm not, we're not here, I'm not here to rebuild and cash my paycheck and wait for my superstar. Mm. I'm here to win, and I'm here to win now. So, I mean, personally, if it goes seven, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised in that. But if you had to give me a prediction, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, if they can, if they can win, if they can win one at home and, and keep it competitive the rest of the series, I, I'm okay with that. But, uh, one other thing to watch, too. If they can keep it close, as we know, they are very, very good in the last seconds of the of, mm. of the game. So, um, I'm, okay, I'm sticking with two wins by the Celtics in this series, but if they can bring it to seven, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's my prediction. I'm, I'm predicting uh, Cleveland wins series four to two. Um, but yeah, like you said, most of these games are going to be a nail-biter. I think maybe Cleveland gets one game when they flat-out beat the Celtics. But the, but the Cavs don't want to go, like like you mentioned, the Cavs don't want to go you know, into a, a, the last two minutes of a, of a game up by two or, or up by three, four points against the Celtics because they know that you know the, the Celtics' track record now, they're, I mean, look at these games these past month or so. I mean, these, these, uh, these plays have been drawn up at the end of the games where Stevens is able to come out with the win. They don't want to be in that situation against the Celtics. They don't want to tie a game with the Celtics, you know, Celtics have the ball with about 20 seconds to go. You know, they, they know, you know, they, they, they're going to they're gonna do their homework and they're going to see how many times the Celtics have been able to, uh, how many game winners that the Celtics have been able to, to climb out of against teams that are very good. You know, the Atlanta Hawks, the, uh, you know, the, the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, these are two, these are games that the Celtics were able to, you know, knock off these huge, these, these big time playoff teams and came from behind when, when no one expected it. Joel, what's your prediction? Uh, it's it's tough because you know you're I'm, I'm a Celtics fan first, obviously, and I would love to say like yeah, you know it's gonna they're gonna definitely shock the world, but um, I, I agree with Dutra that it's not gonna be the an easy slam dunk for the for the Cavaliers. Remember the Cavs, the majority of the, the majority of the players on the Cavs have not been to the postseason before. J.R. Smith has been out of the out of the first round a few times, but. Besides LeBron, who's got championship experience, and Kendrick Perkins, and the, the third string uh, center, I expect that the Celtics are going to grind it out in every single game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes a distance. I'm going to say it goes to it goes to six games, at least six games, and I don't think Cleveland really blows out the Celtics in any of the games, in my opinion. No blowouts. No okay. blowouts. All right. I, I think I think one other thing too that's pretty clear: the Cavs look at the Celtics. And think that they're an easy out because they they could have avoided them. You know what I mean? They could have beaten them and made them try to knock them out of the playoffs if they thought that they were any threat at all. Mm-hmm. So their heads are a little big right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think game one, I think I think the Cavs are gonna the Cavs could get shot 
in Cleveland, I, I, I'm, I'm saying Celtics come out and win game one. I'm saying it. I'm going to say it. Celtics come out and win game one. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think Cleveland is is a little bit concerned because if they weren't, I think they would have played, you know, their starters in uh, in last Sunday's game. But they don't want to get the Celtics too comfortable with a Cavs lineup that they were gonna they were gonna see. This would be the third time in less than a week that they're gonna they're gonna be playing the Cavs. Mm-hmm. That the Celtics gonna be playing the Cavs. So it's like you know you don't want to get the you don't want them to get them used to 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 seeing you know certain lineups or certain plays that they run or but. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be grinded out for both teams because this I mean, is. A f- I, I think that's a little overrated, just because everyone's got game tape. Everyone knows how LeBron plays. You know what I mean? It's like the only thing the Celtics haven't seen this year is J.R. Smith. And, I mean, that's pretty enough. Pretty easy enough. I, I don't think they played J.R. Smith back when they lost to them last time before these two back to back games. But uh, I think that. Uh, that's a little overrated. I, I've always thought. I think it's just because LeBron's a little wimp and didn't want to pull a hammy and then be able to play off this little bitch. That's what I think. Well, you remember that the, the, the not the last two times, the, the third time, that they, the second time, I'm sorry, that they played the Cleveland about a month ago, they got blown out pretty bad in Cleveland. Yeah. 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 But you remember, remember, that was the night after they almost knocked off Golden State and lost that We'll see. Come, we'll see. Come this weekend. One thing that, the, that we can say about the seeds is that they don't—they're not scared to play on the road. I mean, this is for for an eighth seed team. They can. Uh, they, oh, excuse me. Seventh. Yeah, that's right. Seventh seed team. They've. Um, they've been able. <laughs> they've been able to uh, come out with some some wins on the road against against some big name teams. So uh, that's the one thing that we can say that this young team is not afraid of. I'm very excited for that game one. Can the Celtics pull out pull out a game one? Uh, I think so. I think either way it's going to be a close game. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it all goes down on uh, Sunday at Cleveland. Um, that concludes our uh, Celtics playoff show. But just like we have with every single show in the regular season, we end it with, in case you missed it. So, Joel, that's your cue. What did we miss? What's up? What's going on? Well, in case you missed it, uh, Paul we Pierce missed. had a uh, very uh, in-depth conversation with uh, my one of my favorite writers, uh, Jack McMullen from ESPN Boston. He broke it. He broke. He, bro- he told it how it is. He told the truth. He, he he spoke the truth about about the Brooklyn Nets and how he had a horrible season last year. Like and he had a lot on his chest. He wasn't wasn't feeling it at all last yeah. year. And uh, he also talked about your uh, you know Sway's boy here, number the the the, the player formerly known as the number twenty, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Oh, he's my boy. Well, oh, he's he your want- boy. <laughs> Since when is he my boy now? <laughs> you, you, you want you want the number? You want his number retired in the rafters? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I, I just picked Joel just smiling. <laughs> 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 Me too. <laughs> I was like, Joel loves. Joel's read this article about twenty times with a huge smile on his face within the last twenty-four hours. Well, Easy. speaking of speaking of which, you can actually go and and uh, uh, I wrote up I wrote a piece about. Of course you did. Wrote a piece, you, wrote you know, piece quoting all all of uh, Paul Pierce's uh, you know highlighted highlighted quotes on on what he what he had to say about about 
about life in general, but just yeah, in, just in the last year or so. And for the readers out there, if you're wondering why it doesn't say, it doesn't actually say Ray Allen in the piece, it's because uh, Joel wrote it. So that's, <laughs> that's exactly why you won't be able to actually see the, well, that's the not guy's his, name. That's not his name. His first name is Ray Allen. His first, yeah, right. his first name is Walter. So, you know, now you know. When you see Walter and then, then, then the douchebag's last name, then you know who I'm talking about. So, <laughs> no, he, no he, had a lot, he had a lot to say about those two topics. Plus, um, he talked about Ray John Rondo. He talked about John Wall, and he thinks his team can make it to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, and that Cleveland's the only team that's in his way, that are, that are in the, the, the Wizards' way. Yeah, it was a great piece. It was. I mean, nothing in the piece really surprised me, but it was um, it was still very interesting to, to, to hear Pierce say it, you know, straight from his mouth about about the, the lack of confidence or the lack of uh, commitment, I should say, that he that he was uh, dealing with between Joe Johnson and Deron Williams, especially Deron Williams. Um, I mean, but like I said, it didn't surprise me, but it's just unfortunate because, you know, I think everyone – Thought that they would be meeting, you know, they would be able to, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or at least give Miami Heat a, a better uh, a better series than, than we saw last season. Well, plus he's also in the he's he claims he's in the best shape of his life. He's at a, a two twenty five playing weight. The first time he's been under two thirty in his whole career. That's right. So he's ready for this for this uh, you know this this push into the postseason. They got the fifth seed, so they'll be playing they'll be playing the Toronto Raptors in the first round. He he talks about his uh, prolonging his career, and I think he, he, he's probably going to hang it up after next season because he yep. does he does have a player player option for next season. But who knows if he'll you know invoke that clause or, or or become a free agent. So in case you missed it, that's pretty much what's on on docket. Uh, All right, well, Ducha, man, um, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we're going to just hang up hang up with Ducha because he's got to he's got to get back to work. But uh, peace we'll, out, Duch. But uh, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Don't. Don't don't uh, don't talk back to your boss, man. When you get back into your cube, you know, late from your lunch break there. But thanks for joining us, man. I'll just tell him it's the NBA playoffs. They can't get mad. That's right. Tell him he better understand, man, because it's the Celtics in the playoffs with no one predicted. We'll talk to you soon, All man. Right. And in terms of uh, of what what he said had to say about Allen, I mean, I don't think it's another thing that wasn't surprising. You know what he said, but one thing that that kind of shocked me was the fact that you know he wouldn't do these charity events with with uh, the, the Celtics, or, or or he wouldn't. I, I should rephrase that. He wouldn't go to other people's charities events when Ray John Rondo, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett would go to his. That kind of surprised me. Um, him not going out with the guys. You know, I knew that they weren't that close, but I didn't know that he was a... Uh, He's a diva. He, He's a diva. Yeah. Did you think he was that much of a diva, though? He's a though? diva. I, I mean, I, I knew to a certain but extent... But you're not going to hang out with the guys? Come I on. I mean, I knew to a certain extent because he's all... I think he was more... And, and this comes out, obviously, you know, in the, in the last few years. Was, I think he was all about himself. Like, I'd rather go shoot... I'd rather go shoot... A thousand three pointers to go hang out with my teammates. But that's see, that's the thing though. I thought that that was the you know 2010, 2011 Ray Allen. I didn't think that was the Ray Allen in 2007, 2008. You know, I, I knew. I mean, I think it was well documented that he didn't get along with Ray John Rondo, and of course Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett did. So I could see that you know playing a factor in the in the the second or third year of of the of the big three of the new big three era. But I didn't think that that was something that was going on the entire time, you know. So that that was one thing that that struck me as odd when, when, when Pierce said that in the article with Jack McMullen. Well, Paul Pierce said it best. You don't you don't have to like your teammates, but if you're in if you have one goal and you're on a team that has one goal to reach and you want everything to work out for the for the best, you have to have team camaraderie. You don't have to like everybody that you play with. You don't have to like everybody that you work with, but you know you you try your best and you support everyone. And you leave your feelings aside, and that's something that Celtics pride, like it's it's all that's how that's how Celtics pride has always been. It's been instilled. It's right. been instilled for generations and generations. And you know, douchebag, douchebag, you know, do whatever you want to do, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, the only thing I can think of, I can the only thing that comes to mind to me is, 
you know, players like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. These are two guys that played, you know, you know, 10 years with the same team. Pierce played more, obviously, but before Kevin Garnett left Minnesota, he was a Timberwolf. I mean, like, like, like Pierce said in the article, he is, with capital letters, is Minnesota, you know? So I guess for, for Ray Allen, he hasn't had that, that kind of career before he came to Boston. You know, he played for two different teams. He, uh, well, he had never been anywhere no longer than five years. Right, he had never been anywhere longer than five years. He hadn't, uh, hadn't, he hadn't uh, built that, that close relationship, I guess. I, I mean, I guess you, you kind of said he, he did, though, with Sam Cassell and, and, and um, who am I forgetting, and, and Glenn Robinson when he was in Minnesota. I mean, excuse me, when he was in uh, Milwaukee. And, and that team, they nearly went to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, you would no, think they that. Did. They did go I mean, they did, excuse me. They nearly went to the NBA Finals to, to take on the Lakers. And you would think that he had, you know, he, he he built that, especially when Sam Cassell ended up becoming a Celtic, you know, that last few months before they before they hoisted that, that championship trophy up. But I guess that wasn't a, I mean, it was weird wasn't to, that kind of guy, I guess. It was weird the following season. I'm not defending him, but it was weird the following season how, like, that same team didn't have an opportunity to, to get back to the postseason and try again with that same core because they got, he got traded to, to Seattle for, for Gary Payton. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. He's just, he's, you can't call him a journeyman, I guess. But he, he does. It's hard to just when you think of if you think of him, just think of one team because he he was he spent a good amount of time with three teams, and then the fourth team he ended up you know helping them win a championship. But well, one day Brown's gonna you know speak speak about his his uh his time in Boston. You know when that time will be, who knows? Could be next season before he comes back. It could be you know once once he hangs it up. You know someone's gonna ask him these these tough questions, and he's gonna you know give his side of the story. So that that's one thing we have to look forward to because you know. Uh, that that was one part of the article I didn't think Paul Pierce would would, dwell, would, would get into, but I guess well, I'm glad Jack he did. McMullen got him, got it out of him. But I'm yeah, glad I'm he glad did. he did too. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Kevin Garnett to get it out of to get someone to get it out of him as well. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it. I want to hear it because it's just too much. Right. But um, we also um, the predictions, right? Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's one thing we talked about before the show. Uh, before we wrap things up and before we uh, before we sign off here. I'm gonna uh, just just say that I think the subjects take to say that the subjects exceeded. All of our all of our expectations, except for two people though, except for two people in this show, which they were pretty much dead on when it came to talking about how many wins the Celtics would have this season. Well, keep keep in mind that there was obviously before you know all the trades happened. You had Rajon Rondo still on his team, Jeff Green. This was right. This is the the night before opening night. How many wins Celtics had? Won twenty five wins last season, and me and Sway were um, you know. Throwing out numbers on how how many more wins could the Celtics have, and and maybe they make the playoffs. Take a listen real quick. I say this team can win between ten to fifteen more games this year, and that can get you in the playoffs in the East. So we're talking about twenty five plus ten is thirty five. They can. Joel's getting his calculator out. Between like yeah, so I'm talking between like thirty thirty eight to forty wins. Like is that really? That's not that's not unreasonable. 38 to 40 or 38 30? to, to 40 wins like oh okay I think it's a 38 to 48 okay no, yeah, no, yeah 38 to 40 all right between 38 right. and 40 wins that's 15 that's 10 to 15 more games that they would have won last year and depending on how the Knicks finish or the Pistons or who else the Nets mm-hmm. the Hawks because the Hawks are always the, all right, the I'm Hawks, gonna I'm gonna go on a limb I'm gonna say I'm gonna this is my prediction I'm gonna say 35 to 40. And when I say that, I'm I'm thinking about 37, 38 wins. Is that enough to get them in the playoffs? It could, it could. But and then you, you can't forget. But but this is the only reason why I'm I'm not willing to go as high as you are. Okay, this this is the one reason I think oh, when you have a team like this. That's my range though. 
No more than 40. No more than 40? No okay. More than 40. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm saying like the, the 35 to 40 win range. Right All right. There. All right. See that, that was that was spot on, man. Spot on. I guess man. we know what we're talking about here, at Causeway Street, because I, when I was looking back to it, looking back on, the, on that conversation that we had, I was thinking I I thought I said somewhere between thirty five to thirty seven. So the Celtics obviously exceeded my my initial expectations, or I should say, I guess I, I was I was spot on. We all were. I mean, because Dude just said the same, right? Dude just said thirty five to forty. Except we except, all said that same range. Except that we were talking about competing against the Knicks. Yeah, right. The Pistons, the Nets. I mean, the Nets might not even make, make it. They got to win. They got to win their last game. You no, know I mean the Hawks. Who would have thought the Hawks would have been number one in the in the in, in the East right. and number two in the in the league overall? Right. So, but remember these uh, experts that we used to see on where we see on TV and we hear yeah. on the radio. What were they saying? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight at best. They were saying this that, team is terrible. They were saying that the team that the Celtics were going to be, you know, a top ten. You know, lottery pick, lottery pick team, right. at right. least because they because they everyone was. Every, I mean, a lot of people talk about you know the, the Ronald trade was going to happen. It happened a lot sooner than most predicted. You know, we we talk about eighth seed. We didn't even mm-hmm. talk about nothing about the seventh, right? Or, or higher. They were they you higher. know they they had a chance to to even go up to the sixth seed, but seventh seed is perfect. I mean, it does kind of look bad in, in the East because there are you know two teams that are going to make the playoffs that are well. Not well below five hundred, but you know a couple wings below five hundred overall. In the out of the the top, just the top eight teams, there's only two teams that went over fifty wins, and that's Chicago. I mean, I'm Chicago. I'm sorry. That's Cleveland and 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 Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Everyone else were below fifty wins. Right. And you look at the Western Conference; it's a completely different story. Completely different you story. Know, you drop a game or two, like um, Ginobili tweeted out a a funny tweet a few days ago where he talked about you know the Western Conference is so crazy that if they if they win a game or if they lose a game. It could decide whether they go from the second seed down to the sixth. Exactly. You know I mean? Like a game or two is that much of a difference in the Western Conference. Look at the Grizzlies. And we're talking about teams that have well above forty wins, battling it out for you know those those middle seeds between two and six. Look at the Grizzlies before before uh, the Warriors went on a went on a run early on in the season, like the first month of the season. Memphis was the first seed, and then they went down to the second seed, and were the second seed up until like a few weeks ago. Right. Now they're they're in danger of being the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. No higher than the fifth. Right. Houston, same thing. They were in the they were the third seed, second seed. You know, battling between they're, the, they're those in two. that they were in that battle for most of the season. But yeah. now here they're we are in April. They're down to the seventh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Clippers, Clippers were playing like ass. Crazy scenario, you know, for most of the season. <laughs> and here they are. They have a chance to get the third seed. <laughs> right. You know, so it's crazy. It's insane. Okay, okay, so you might like not ass. even make it. That's a great way to put it. Yes. <laughs> quote unquote. That's playing a like ass. quote if I ever heard one. <laughs> And then you've got OKC who could, who might not even make the playoffs. Right. They have to win their game and depend on on the Pelicans to lose their last game. So, right. you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot out west. You know, I saw a tweet from Jalen Rose after you know he was shitting on the Celtics, taking how, how talking about how they were not going to make the playoffs after their their national TV win over the Pistons, and they went on to win the next three four games. Yeah, what he said. Well, what did Jalen? Yeah, nothing. I, to, I love to hear. Yeah, nothing to say about to say. the Celtics. He just said that oh, it should be the best sixteen teams. For overall in the, in the league that make the playoffs. Oh, he went to that of course conversation. He did. Of course he did. He averted to that conversation. Yeah, he oh, did. Okay, Jalen. Yeah. When people, All I saw, right. I saw people tweet at him about like, oh, you know, what do you got to say now about the Celtics? Had nothing to say. He's been a Celtics hater. For his whole life, <laughs> so it's all right. I ain't manager. At least, at least, he's keep, at least he's keeping it real. We've had those we've had this conversation a hundred times. But he's, it, it he's more of a Michigan guy than New Yorker. Yeah, that's true. But I'm telling you, like these old school New Yorkers, man, they hate the Celtics, man. It's not even like hate. They just they just have to bet against them. These Mark Jacksons, these Jalen Roses, these uh, or even even Stephen A. But the one thing about Stephen A. though, 
when the Southerners were really doing their thing, he, he respected you know, the whole the whole Big Three era, the new Big Three era. He was all about it. He wasn't about you know he he would he would bet he would normally bet against them, but he wouldn't necessarily count them out. You know, and that was one person out of out of those New Yorkers that that you're not going to hear count out the Celtics in every single series. Kenny Smith, same thing. You know, how many times he would he would say, oh yeah, you know the Celtics are talented. You know, don't forget about Doc Rivers. You know, he's a great coach. But I got the I got the Cavs in the series. You know, we're talking about 2010. Oh, you know, in, in 2012, the Cavs. You know, the Celtics may win a game or two. The Celtics pushing the game seven. You know, no one had the Celtics doing that. You know, at, at that time. But, anyways, back to what I what, what I <laughs> no, you threw me out with the whole like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> with the whole Jalen Rose thing. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm what sorry. I was what I was gonna say is um what I was gonna say is is um when you talked about the Western Conference and you talked about Oklahoma City. You know, needing the Pelicans to, to lose and need you know, certain teams that need another team to lose. The Southerners were never in a situation where they they needed another team to drop a game. That's you know? true. Yeah, yeah. They controlled their they own controlled their fate. destiny. Yeah. And that was one thing yeah. I honestly had to say. I thought this last week of, this, of the regular season was wasn't going to be the case for the Seas. You know, I thought it was going to be like, oh yeah, the Southerners dropped this game, so they need you know the the Nets to drop that one. You know, the Pacers they need the Pacers to drop this game. If the Celtics win that one, you know what I mean. They were never in that in that uh, scenario, which is I think all thanks to, to Brad Stevens, man. He really had this team buying into what he was selling. He uh, got the best out of them, and and here we are. The Celtics in the seventh seed, and this team has just been an amazing team to cover within the, this past three months or so. It's been a roller coaster ride since the regular since the beginning of the regular season, but it's been fun. I mean, this is why a lot of the times you know we, we listen to our, our own podcast and we we think, oh man, you know, we just said we. You know, oh, when we talk about oh, something to do this, something to do that, or you know, like 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 I started this this show, I said we're in the playoffs, or we're going. You know, we get so into this team that when the Celtics make the playoffs, or, or when the Celtics make the seventh seed, we catch ourselves saying we, you know, because that's how in tune we are with this team. No, I can I can I completely agree. Uh, they've been exciting, even when they lose games. You you you're. You're frustrated because you you know like this team is very talented. You see the potential. You see right. the potential, and that might have not been the case last year for a lot of fans. You know, last year was like, all right, they're supposed to lose, and this year I think a lot of people you know hopped off the tank bandwagon and were like, you know what, I want to see this team succeed, right? Even when they're not supposed to succeed, even if they don't make it out the first round, we right. want to see the Celtics in the playoffs yeah. because they've been working their asses off, True. and that's exactly why they are not only in the playoffs but they're locked into the seventh seed. Going up against the Cavs this weekend. Guys, thank you for listening as usual. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you guys who are, you know, follow our episodes every single time we put one out here on our Celtics podcast. Celtics, um, excuse me, uh, Causeway Street podcast. Um, hey, it, re- it means a lot to us, guys. We, uh, our, our, we see our, our following slowly growing, and uh, we appreciate you guys, you guys following us. And we'll continue to give you nothing but the best that we can of, of coverage throughout this playoff. And, uh, and beyond. So, guys, thank you for that. Um, on, on a serious note, today is uh, April 15th. And two years ago on this day, there was a terrible tragedy here in Boston as the um, two bombs went off near the finish line at the uh, Boston Marathon down on Boylston Street. So, um, today we, we want to dedicate this episode to Martin Richard, Ling Lee Lu, Sean Collier, and Crystal Campbell, and we want to take a moment of silence in their names because it is 2.49 p.m. This is exactly when the first bomb exploded.
May God bless their families. And may God bless all the victims. And may God bless Boston. And thank you for listening.